Welcome. Thanks for coming out this evening. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. I'm sure many of you have traditions that you, you do for, for Thanksgiving. Um, you know, one of mine, we, I always smoke a turkey every year. We go to my mother-in-law's house, and, and sometimes the day is a little bit better if the lions win, but I'm really glad that, I, that my life doesn't count on the lions. In America, we have so much to be thankful for, don't we? We are blessed from our material wealth to our freedoms and, and the fact that we have families. And we, it's a great day to sit back and to ponder a minute about how much God has blessed us with. We should have a posture of thanksgiving in, in all things. How we should pray, we should have no problem thanking God for all that he has blessed us with. This evening we're closing off the, the series on offensive prayer and we're going over thanksgiving, that we can live a life of thanksgiving. Sat, um, on Sunday, unfortunately, we canceled due to weather, and Ryan will be doing an audio version of his message, so look out for that this week on, on supplication. And as I said, we have great material wealth in this country, and, and those are good things. They are gifts from God. But what if our material wealth, food, freedom, health, and family were taken away from us? Could we echo what Job said in Job 121 after he had lost his, his children, all his wealth, and he lost his, his workers, and, and all of that, when he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return, the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And yes, we do have many things to be thankful for, but I contend that we still would have much to be thankful for if everything was stripped from us. We can be thankful on a deeper level than those who don't know Christ as their Savior. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Colossians chapter 3. We can be thankful because we have a great Savior. Let's look at these verses. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, which says this, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening, and you are a great God, and we thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, as we come to this time of year, it is a great time to sit back and just thank, thank you for all the blessings you've given to us. But Lord, this evening, we mostly thank you for Christ and the salvation we have, Lord. We thank you for all that you have given to us. Lord, I just pray that you'd be with me as I'd preach tonight, that I would preach your word, Lord, and your word alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I contend this from these verses. In Christ, we can always pray and live a life of thanksgiving because nobody, nobody can steal our peace in Christ. Nobody can steal the word of God that's in our hearts. No one can steal our songs of worship or our salvation. So when we look at these verses, we see in, in 3.15, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. 
We can be thankful that we have peace with Christ and the peace of Christ. And our thankfulness, our, our life should be, have a thankfulness that's guided by the peace that we have with Christ. Our, our life should not be guided by fear or worry or discontentment, but the peace we have with God. We were enemies with God, but now because of Christ, and him coming to this earth, born of a virgin, living the perfect life, fulfilling the law which we could not do, dying on the cross, paying for our debt, paying for our sins, and then raising again the third day, conquering sin and death. Now we have peace with God. We have the presence of God. We have friendship with God. And that is good news, amen? amen. Our lives should have a peace with God, of God in, in our relationships. We should pursue to live in peace. And in Christ, we can have peace with one another. It says here that, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, the body of Christ, the church. And the church will be here until Christ comes back and we'll be together in eternity. If, we're, if the Lord tarries for a long time, the church will still be around. And we can also be thankful for the peace of Christ in all situations. In all situations. We be thankful that God is in control. In Romans 8, 28, it says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And we don't have to worry. We can trust God because he is near. I love these verses in Philippians 4. I'm going to start in 5 and through verse 7. It says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Lord is at hand. It says right there in verse 5. Many times we leave off the end of verse 5. But the reason we do not have to be anxious to worry about anything, but we can be in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we can let our requests be made known to God, is because God is there. He is always with us. He is always close by. And we can have that peace of God which surpasses all understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I also love these verses out of Matthew 10 where Jesus says this, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And when he says, God just doesn't know, this person has uh, 2,000 hairs. That guy back there, he might have 20 hairs on his head. And that's not just about facts that he knows. He knows us intimately. He knows us personally, down to the very numbers of the hairs on our head. There's a man by the name of Polycarp. I've never met a Polycarp, but if any of you want to name your kid Polycarp, I think that would be not nice to them, but it'd be kind of cool too. In 155 AD, Polycarp, he would not bow down and say Caesar is Lord and, and give homage to Caesar above and over 
Jesus Christ. And the soldiers, that when they came and they arrived at his house and, and horseback to seize him, he refused to run. His friends are saying, get out of here, go. But instead, he offered his captors hospitality and food, requesting only that he be allowed an hour for prayer. And they agreed to that, but he prayed so earnestly that the hour became two hours. And when they asked him, when they brought him in, and they, he was in front of, of the, the judge, they said, you need to claim that Caesar is Lord. Polycarp said this, 86 years I've been his servant, Jesus, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? Can you imagine that? Could you imagine sitting in front of people like that and having the peace of Christ which surpasses all understanding give you the boldness and the peace to say those things? And I'm just telling you, we, in those times when we are in, in times of dire need, God comes to us and gives us that peace and that confidence that his grace will be there for us. So Peace Church, we can be thankful that we have peace with Christ and the peace of Christ. And actually, we can be thankful for the living word of God and, and worship and song. In verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Can you imagine your life without the word of God? You know, the word of God is pretty amazing. It, it's been preserved throughout history, and it's the same today as it was yesterday. And we can have confidence that if the Lord doesn't come back, that in the year 3022, the church will be studying and proclaiming the word of God and, and teaching and admonishing one another using it. The word of God, it teaches us, it corrects us, it encourages us, it gives us hope. And when the word is in our hearts, there is no one that can rip that away from us. There's a man named Richard Wormbrand who was a pastor in Romania. And in 1947, the communists overtook Romania. And the Russians came in and were putting Christians in concentration camps. That would be a scary time. And Richard Wormbrand knew that fear was fomenting and coming around. And he, in his study, he found 366 verses in the Bible that instruct us not to fear. One for each day of the year and one for leap year. And it's a good thing that he did because on February 29, 1948, as he was walking down a road, the road, a car pulled up to him. They put a sack over his head and shoved him in that car and sped away. And he asked the men what the date was, and it was February 29th. He told them, and he, he memorized the do not fear verse for each day of the year and was able to call to mind for that day, Psalm 56.3, which says, when I am afraid... I will trust in thee. We should be singing songs also with thankfulness in our hearts. Well, I love to hear you all sing. You're singing so great and so loud. It, it is a blessing when, when you're back there or up here when you hear you singing back to us. Do you know that you are ministering to one another as you sing songs and you sing worship? Don't do this all at once, but sometime when you're here and, and everyone's singing, just stop for a minute and listen to people worshiping God. You're ministering to each other. And those songs of worship, they get stuck in your head. We should be thankful for them. And no matter what, we can have a song of worship in our hearts to God. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas are 
in Philippi. These are the ruins of Philippi. And they're going around and they're preaching and God is doing work. And this, this young lady who is possessed by a spirit of divination is following them, saying, listen to these men, for they, they preach the word of the living God. And, and Paul didn't like that a demon was proclaiming that, did not want to be associated with that person. They asked her to stop and, and, they, and they didn't. So they cast the demon out of this young lady. And the guys who owned her, she was a slave girl, were not very happy because they were making money off from her because she would, she would prophesy and they would get money from that. And so they called the crowd. And in Acts 16 says this, 20, starting verse 22, it says, the crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off from them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. And having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. That's a pretty dire place to be in, right? You're getting beaten with rods. You get your, your clothes torn from you. You're getting beaten with rods. And then you're sitting on the ground and your feet are in stocks and you can't move. What it says next, though, is amazing how the grace of God was with them. 1625 says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And we know what happens next, right? There's an earthquake, and they, they're freed, and the Philippian jailer was going to kill himself, but they said, don't do that. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And him and his whole house were saved and baptized. We can be thankful for the living word of God and worship and song. Lastly, in verse 17, it says this, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything to the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We can live a life of thanksgiving because we have a great Savior. We can be living a life of total commitment to Jesus because he is worthy. A life of thanksgiving. This Saturday, there's a big game, right? Maize and blue versus scarlet and gray. Some people would say, if you pricked me, I'd bleed maize and blue. I hope there's no one in here that would bleed scarlet and gray. But you know what? What if, if you were pricked, you would bleed thanksgiving? Not because of all the grease you ate, but because of thanksgiving. You were a thankful to God, and people would know that you live in light of the goodness of God. People would wonder, how can you be so thankful all the time? And you're able to praise God for his great saving grace. We should also be living and praying in a posture of thanksgiving, which produces a fruitful life. I love these verses right here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's easy to read it off the page. It's more difficult to do. And in the life of Johnny Erickson Tatum, she was a young woman. As many years ago, she, she injured her neck and became paralyzed. And she had a friend that was, was challenging her to be thankful. And she writes this. She says, you mean to give thanks for a life of total paralysis? That's just too much. 
too big. I can't wrap my head around that. And so her friend advised her to start small and start for small things which she should give thanks. And so she started thinking of stuff like this. She said, I started giving thanks for stuff like, well, I had friends cheering me on. Her hospital bed was near the window. She can give at thanks that at least she can flail her arms a bit. She could give thanks that the hospital staff serves meals on her side of the hallway first. That means breakfast and dinner is going to be warm. She give thanks to God that she could go to physical therapy. And she writes this, friend, do you see what I was doing? Very slowly over time, God then rewarded me for the taking those shaky steps of faith. He rewarded me with feelings of thankfulness. First came obedience, you know, give thanks to God. And then, and only then, did the emotions, the feelings of being thankful arrive. He says, I tell you, all you got to do is exercise a little bit of mustard seed size faith, and God's going to multiply your obedience like nothing else. She says here that, as I felt the surge of gratitude, man, I started giving thanks for all kinds of stuff, big things, greater things in my life, and that is when everything changed. I became a chronically grateful person. I'm a Christian for whom it is second nature to give thanks, and yes, to even feel thankful. Brothers and sisters, this is the heart that the Lord creates when we give thanksgiving to him, that it's second nature for us to feel thankful, and we can live a life of thanksgiving because we have a great Savior. Remember this in Christ, as I said in the beginning, we can always pray. We can always live a life of thanksgiving because nobody can steal our peace in Christ. Nobody can steal the word of God in our heart or our songs of worship or our salvation. So I ask this question, when we pray, how much time do we spend in thanksgiving. The stories were, were in tough times that, that I told, but how much more should we be thankful when things are going well? And many times, if you're like me, I forget. And we should, our prayers should abound in thanksgiving. And we can live a life of thanksgiving, not because everything is so good all the time, but, but because we serve a great God and we have a sure hope, amen? We don't wish for troubles. We don't wish for hard times, and they're difficult, and I'm not downplaying at all what some of you may be going through, but know that the peace of God, the word of God, and God himself is enough. And God shows up in special ways during the tough times. But we could all come up here and tell stories about how God came to us and, and just we, we don't understand how we did the things we did or serve people the way we did during a, a difficult time in our life, but we know that God was with us every step of the way. So one of the questions I ask myself, do I believe that God is enough? And if he is all I have, I'm still able to live a life of thanksgiving. I'll repeat that. Do I believe that God is enough? And if he is all that I have, am I still able to live a life of thanksgiving? During this, this series, we've, we've had time to come together and, and pray each time we've met. First week when Ryan preached about adoration, we, we adored God for his attributes and how good he is. And, and then Pastor John 
preached on confession and, and we confessed our sins before God. Tonight we're going to do that again, and, but we're going to give thanks to God on this Thanksgiving Eve for, for all that he's given us and blessed us with. So we're going to take some time to, to gather here together, and you can pray in a group, or if you're not comfortable praying with someone, you can, you can pray um, there by yourself and just, just thank God. If you say something like this, God, thank you for being good. That is, that is great. That is a great place to start. So let's take some time this evening to join together and pray to our Lord and Savior. So gather around and pray. in prayer here. Lord, we come to you. We're unworthy of, of your grace and your mercy, but Lord, you, you pour it down upon us. Through Christ, we, and we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the blood. We thank you for 
your goodness, your grace. We just thank you that we could gather tonight, sing praises to you, and we have a voice to lift up our hearts to sing praises to you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you how it teaches us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for, for how we know that we can have peace and we can trust you. Lord, you are good. And Lord, may we live a life of thanksgiving, knowing each day that is a gift from the Father of lights. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the things we also get to do this evening is we get to celebrate and partake of the Lord's table. We get to partake of, of and remember what Jesus did for us and how he, he gave up himself for us. And he, he was broken, his body broken, his blood spilled for our salvation. We'll read of that confession of faith together as we remember. We'll have a time of reflection but all, most of all tonight, let's, let's pray and thank God as, as we get ready and prepare our hearts to partake of the Lord's table. Thank Jesus for all that he's done. We're going to stand and sing. And as we sing, as you see oh, over here and in the back, there are, there are um, the elements. Please feel free, go, go take those. And then we'll come back after we sing and we'll take those, partake of those together. So please stand. And then as we sing, you may go and, and get the, the elements. the blood of 
on the one side there's the, the, the bread and, and if you open, then open the other side there's the juice 1 Corinthians 11:27 says this let a person examine himself and then eat of the bread and drink of the cup for if anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself that's why we, we request that children who have not made profession of faith please refrain from taking part of the elements bread that we break is the broken body of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus, just before he went to the cross, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, take, eat, this is my body, broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. We also remember the blood that was poured out of Jesus for the remission of sins. For he took the cup and after they had eaten, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink of it, do so in remembrance of me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Please stand and let's recite the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He descended to the dead. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for that great confession of faith, Lord. We, the Christians have been reciting together for, for centuries. Lord, we just we pray that we would remember that daily. And we thank you for Christ and the work on the cross that he did for us. We thank you for this, the Lord's table that we can come and we can remember your goodness of how you took our sins. And we can look forward to the beauty of one day you returning us and bringing us into the new heavens and the new earth. And we will be with you for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. And may now we sing with grateful hearts praises and worship to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.